0: So that that's where I went wrong. That, that was that was all on me today. I had nothing to do with nothing else. That was my fuck up. All right, all right, oh, man. Yeah, it happens. All right. So y'all ready to get up in here and do this? Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Also check out this, and I'll get this is just giving you an example of what I do.
0: And he goes quiet. What was the example? Okay. So <laughs>
2: it's the example. He goes quiet.
0: Hold on. Time out. Time out, rewind, refresh, reboot, let's kick it off like this, PS Universe, it is Thursday evening, once again, it is 2-24-22, some shit like that, and they give up all these times, 7.40 p.m., we on the East Coast, West Coast, we are in the multiverse, we are in parallel universes, and we are joined again tonight with your boys, Gassie Clay, JD, and the Reverend Friday Daddy. So what's going on there, brothers? Not a whole lot.
2: <laughs> and that. it's a whole lot
1: that's been going on, you know, I sent you like some articles. I know you got the experience in this, you know, but I've been on a mental health kit, you know, be it in the workplace or, you know, behind bars, you know.
0: Right. Now now like I say, before we get into that, let's um break it down like this. Before we get on the air tonight, we had a conversation for at least 40 minutes, and we had talked about a lot of different things. But tonight, we're actually going to be talking about some mental health issues that Rob's been concerned with for the past couple weeks and everything. And he sent me these articles about mental health and the penal system, the prison system. And I'm like, dude. I got personal experience on that, so I got stories to tell about those things. But the main idea is, um, now what triggered all these things that you wanted to bring up, the mental health in the prison system? What was the main purpose?
1: It just, you know, kind of like popped in my mind I, you know, not only have you do you have personal experience, but I know somebody that has had personal experience, you know, behind bars and but still didn't do right. I could use him as an example, and then I could use myself as, like, mental health in the workplace, you know, because um, I've I've had personal experiences in the workplace where I just wanted to just break down and just go off and start punching everybody in the face, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I get you. So, now, now I, here, here's brother, what... I can understand that. Yeah. I said, uh, here, here's what I'm asking, okay, um, because... I'm under, I'm I'm not trying to assume your thought process, but I'm trying to you know um, grasp the concept you might be after. Are you having a feeling that the um, prison system actually causes mental stress and mental illness, or makes it worse, or do people actually have problems before before even go in there?
2: Um,
0: it's a little bit of both. Okay, because I mean I I can see where someone can get the idea that. A normal sane person that has clarity in thought, they have clarity and you know clarity of mind. I mean the whole nine yards, sound will and mind, whatever they want to call those things, the straight clarity of mind. But when they go to jail, they somehow come out worse before because they have been mentally um stressed, traumatized, and all that. Um I I, I it, it's the devil's advocate here, but I'm on call bullshit. That if anybody thinks that you went to jail sane and came out insane because um, you got problems, the reason why you went to jail to begin with, for you to go to jail, you have to commit a situation in your life to where you made a bad choice. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's in jail is guilty because we know we've known for the beginning of time. People get incarcerated under um, the wrong, um, false pretenses, or they're being set yeah. up, they're being framed. I mean, I that's legitimate. Yeah. That's legitimate. But the idea that a person can be sane and go to jail and come out insane, I, I, I don't buy that. But now, is the prison system a good place for a crazy person to be? There, there's a question I like to ask. You know? Mm, is it Probably. Yeah. Probably not. Well, I mean, okay, here's my thing. I'm asking why do you not think that a person with a mental illness, um is good to be in jail?
1: It's because of the fact of they're already facing mental issues as it is out on the street and then it's gonna make you know, they you know, you're gonna go in there and then Say you catch Big Bubba raping, you know, a weaker a person that's weaker than him. That's gonna traumatize
0: you, right? Well, no. Let's set aside the whole prison um, love scandals and all that. Let's set aside all those things. We're just talking in general, okay? Um, if you let me uh, let me paint you a scenario. If there's okay. a person in this world that has a mental affliction, and of course, you know, there's. Different levels, there are different um, sides to it, there are different attributes, There's, I mean, different things for mental disabilities, mental afflictions, mental disorders, there's all kinds of different ones out there. But in general, if there's a person, say that's um, schizophrenic, that's paranoid, delusional, narcissistic, and is a very manipulative person that can control somebody else, then they commit a crime, right, and then they go to jail, yeah. is that right or wrong? That's going to be, well, in that case, that would be, that would be right, you know, because of the fact. Why would that, that be they right? Why would that be right? Because those people they, on, on the, high, the people on the higher scale of the, um let's call it insanity. Let's call it, um, you know, the higher scale mental afflictions. Because there are a lot of people in this world that have thoughts and ideas in their heads that aren't too safe for themselves, let alone other people. So should they be allowed to walk around the streets or should they be, you know, locked up behind bars? I mean, I know there's an alternative for going to a mental institution, but we're talking about just in general crime. So if, if a person that is legitimately, you know, let's just say, you know, delusional, schizophrenic, narcissistic, and just not right in the head, do they belong in prison after committing their crimes?
1: Mm, uh, I believe they, well, I, 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 let me answer this, let me answer this um, in the best, let me answer this in the best way possible. They probably don't belong behind bars. I would say they probably blown somebody's mental institution, um, but make sure that they're well locked away and secure.
0: But it's still, I mean, but aren't there mental institutions that are considered prisons themselves?
1: Uh yeah yeah yeah. Look at the Kentucky Correctional Penitentiary Complex at um that's I have them as a that's, that's kind of like a low key mental institution in Lagrange, Kentucky.
0: Well okay, okay. Um, let's. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to give these examples because I got a question coming up about it. But okay, okay. My my. my let's take me for example. Let's take Reverend and Daddy straight off the board and put him right into the fire. All right, as a 18 year old kid. I ran the streets, I sold drugs, I gang banged, I hurt people, stabbed, shot, robbed, you know, I did all the crimes that you can think of, Um, committed credit card fraud, committed check fraud, robbed stores, stole this, I mean, I committed crimes. And I went, right, right. Those, I went to jail for those crimes. I went to jail for those crimes. But at the same time, I'm still a little fucked up in the head because, you know, of my situations in my right. head. But I'm still sane mind that I know that when I'm doing it is wrong. I know the crime they committing are wrong. But at the same time, right, I right. still have the mental, some problems. I'm also, and I can't, I'm not, never using the excuse that Okay. I was on drugs. I was doing drugs. I was either drinking yes. drugs, you know, holding a uh, substance abuse, whatever you want to call it. But it still never deterred the fact that I knew what I was doing was wrong, but it was fun. It was fun. Right. It, was lucra- it was lucrative. And it got me yes. things. It got me respect on the streets. It got me respect. Um, girls loved it because I knew because they sucked my dick for it. You know, um, I earned respect from my peers. I had earned fear from my enemies. I, I earned a lot of these um, accolades growing up being a criminal. But at the okay. same time, I was still mentally unstable. Did I deserve right. to be in jail for my crimes, even though I was mentally unstable? I think mm-hmm. I did. I'm glad yeah. I'm glad yeah. I went to jail. All right. But there are people out there worse off than I am that walk around and think they see dragons. They um think they um that people next to them are aliens or their people next to them are out to get them. They have these thoughts in their heads that that they're actually their life's in danger. So they'll do something against that to save themselves. Now these there are people in this world, like I said, have a different level of mental afflictions. Right. Are their crimes justified by being mentally insane and should they go to prison or should they go to a mental facility which is also considered a prison or should they be allowed on the streets and try to get help that way because a lot of people don't want to get help. You know, they want to just live what they okay. live with. It. All right. So
1: in your case, um I uh, tend to agree, you know, you came out, you know, all right, you know, going through the prison system, but there are those that sometimes don't come out all right. You know what I mean? Oh no, I know got- I
0: totally agree. I totally agree. Cause like I said I like at one point in time during my one of my jail stints, I got in a fight with this dude. And it's a story, you know, this guy ran his mouth constantly, constantly. Everything, he was right about everything. That's all he ever did. He was, and I ain't saying, because he, well, he's from New York. He's a taxi driver. That was his old backstory. He would sit around and just talk, 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 talk. I mean, it's all he ever fucking did. And he would tell these stories and blah, 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 blah. And I would sit there and be like, you know, I'm I'm an 18, 19-year-old kid going, motherfucker, listen here, you don't know a damn thing. You know, I'm like. And, of course, we're both, you know, Caucasian of color, but my lifestyle was different because I was raised in the black community with black, you know, gangbangers and dangerous criminals and shit. So this guy was right. telling stories, and I'm like, the rule has always been people that talk the most shit ain't never really done anything. So I would sit there and be like, bullshit, you know, bullshit. So we got the bumping heads one time, and thing, right. one thing led to another, and we got to a fight, whatever. This dude took a sock, put a lock in it, and hit me upside the head with it. Now, Ooh. all I know is the fight broke. This is what I know from my experience is that when I got hit upside the head, I woke up and we were being pulled apart by the guards and I got thrown in solitary confinement for 90 days. Now I had to go to hearings and found out I actually broke two of his ribs, um, broke his, um, orbital socket on his thing and cracked and fractured Ooh. his jaw. <clears throat> now. Of course, when I know back in the day when I used to get into my altercations with on this even on the streets running the fights, I'd have these blackouts and I would get into this rage, and things would happen bad. Okay, I I know that. So, but right. I spent ninety days in this little room. It's a ten by ten cell. We had a bed. Right. I had a toilet sink, and the light stayed on twenty four seven. Now I never right. got to go outside for ninety days. I didn't get to go outside. I was able to leave my cell to go to medical to go to um. Um, hearings um, you know if I had to go to court or I had or visitation that's the only time I was able to leave my cell otherwise I was in my cell 24 hours a day um, lights was on 24 there's no clock in there okay so you have no idea what time it is now Um, the sleep deprivation, that's what they try on you Of course, you can tie towels and sheets and shirts on your head and go to sleep and all that, but you lose the sense of how long really is. Only time you you can regulate time is when they bring you chow in the morning, chow in the afternoon and chow at nighttime. That's how I can regulate time. Okay. That's the only way I can know. I know at 5 a.m. We get breakfast. I know at 11 a.m. We get lunch and I know at 5 p.m. We get dinner. That's how I know what time is in the, in the jail system. But I spent 90 days in there. Now, when I went in there, I had a good tan because I'm I'm a southern, I'm from Florida and shit. My skin was kind of right. dark because I was always outside. I was always outside. Right. And I had this like, you know, shady blonde hair. But when I came out of there, my skin was pale and my hair had turned like damn near dark brown. And it it, it wow. broke, my, broke my mama's heart because I'd never seen the sunlight for 90 days. All over a site. And you now they tried to give me an outside charge for um, aggravated assault, blah, 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 blah. but I actually had a couple of my inmates in there step up and say, no, dude started the fight because he hit me first. So uh, they, you know, let me go away with self-defense, even though it was an altercation, whatever. So I never got an extra outside charge, but I had to spend 90 days waiting on the hearings. So when I got released right. back into population and everything like that, I got around some people. That actually saw the fight and they're like, You fucked that dude up. And I'm like, I don't remember a damn thing. I don't remember nothing at all. All I know is that dude hit me and things went south. He goes, No, you fucked that right. dude. You fucked that dude up. Now the funny side note is um even when I went to prison, I, it was like two years later, when I'm actually walking around in a Florida state prison prison yard, there was somebody walked across the yard and goes. You, that dude that beat up that one dude in that jail cell, you fucked him up. I'm like, oh, wow. Someone actually remembers some shit I did. Wow. But yeah, right. to pass the time and something like that, they, you can get books to read. Um, you can get papers right. to write on. You can get you know, those things. But you don't get the newspaper. You don't get these things. But um, I had um, color pencils and I took this entire wall that was in this jail cell and I took my little bar soap and my sock and I washed the entire wall down. And I drew this big mural of this Grand Reaper sitting on a throne with skulls, fire, the whole night. It was, I mean, I did it all in, in, in color pencil. And um, right. I did this in 1989, 90. Now, in 2002, I went back to Orlando and I was talking to somebody about the situation about that same story about when I went to jail. And I went to right. and I drew this mural of this Grim Reaper in 1989. He goes, he goes, no, no, it's still there. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, wow. So I was kind of impressed about that. But yeah, right. so a lot of that time I spent in, in that isolation um, really didn't make my, menta- my mental afflictions worse. Uh, I think the idea of being around other people did, though. Cause I had time to think to myself. I had time to meditate. I had time to reflect on a lot of different things, you know, in my life, but I still had the mentality of, you know, um, I'm I'm dangerous to be around people. But now when I'm around other inmates and everything, I have a certain, it's like, it's almost like being symbiotic with, um, their aggressions, their pains, their mental afflictions. It's almost like they, they, we, um, like, um, mesh, if you will, like, um, Uh, um, A spiritual connection of mental illness, if you will. I think a lot of that happens in in the prison system with people that have, even if they're sane, even if they have clarity of mind, I think being around other energies can make you go a little um, wonkers, if you will. But does that make you a criminal? Or is it committing the crime that makes you the criminal? But now also you got to think about the um, guard situation. That's just real. That's just real. Um, there, there's right. legitimate stuff about you know, um, what's the word? Um, guards misbehaving and you know doing bad things to prisoners and all that shit. Yeah, that's just real. So you can be traumatized by a lot of different life life-changing um, things in prison, such as um, guard abuse. Um, other inmate abuse, I mean, just abuse of yourself. So, I mean, I think a lot of the, um, like the veterans talk about PTSD. I think that's a lot of what that is, is the traumatization of how you were, your environment is what um, messes you up a little bit, if you will. Even if you were sane, I think it does affect you in a certain way. But there are people in this world that legitimately, you know, crazy, crazy, that need special help. Should they be in places like that? I don't know because I've seen people in there that don't belong in there. They belong somewhere special. Cause yeah. Because they, yeah, yeah. they are dangerous to themselves. They are dangerous to other people. They're just a danger in general. I, right, I think right. they belong somewhere else. And I'm like, you know, it's not about me being afraid of them, it's about being afraid of the situation. Yeah. So, and uh, so mental, so, I mean, but, but that same case scenario can be applied to the outside world, like you say, the job place. Because I've had problems in my job. Like, you you know, you come across certain people or certain situations where you just build up and build up. You feel like you're going to explode. And it's like, you just want to knock a motherfucker out, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 I I mean, as of late, um, sometimes I feel like that. And I just, you know, stay. That's why, you know, I confine myself to the outdoors when I'm outside collecting cars. I bag and stuff, but I confine myself to the outdoors so I don't have to deal with that, or will constantly have to feel like I'm caged in and people... Right, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. blow up. And that's mainly most of the reason why I confine myself to the outdoors no matter what the weather is.
0: And I, and I get that scenario of even if you're on the outside world, you can still feel caged, be trapped within your own mentality. You know, I, I understand that concept. That's what yeah, they try to give everybody... Out. But that's why I trying to give everybody pills to counteract those mental problems. I think a lot of the problems with pills is they don't cure. They just hide what you really have.
1: Right, right. Yeah, look at the Ritalin. Look at the Adderall, you know. Oh, uh, and more
0: than that. They got, I mean, the Zoloft, the um, yeah. Xanax. Uh, uh, yep. Oh, I, no, yeah. yeah, they got some, I mean, so many pills out there to counteract so some kind it. of mental affliction. And I'm like... But the one true thing that people forget about is you can adhere to your own mentality itself and try to work with it and figure out what, like me, I'm a, I'm a manic depression. I have manic depression. I have, I'm bipolar and I'm manic. I have the anxieties. I have the suicidal homicidal tendencies i have schizophrenia i'm working towards alzheimer's so i have all those things do i really need the pills to counteract those things or can i make them part of my life and try to make it the best i can and that's what i've been doing for the past several years is try to make right. it the best i can but there's some people's world that need I, I met some i got some dear friends they really need the medication because they can't figure out how to cope with it themselves and i'm i'm the same way i'm like i said there are times where i will get bad but i try to remind myself what i've been working on mentally and emotionally spiritually so that's what i've been going with well speaking from experience yeah go ahead if i may chime in yeah Uh,
2: you know i took like uh riddling and stuff like that back when i was a kid right and you know what it did to me What's that? My mom would tell me this. Like she told me later on in my adult years, it made me like a zombie. She said at times I would right, call, yeah. I wouldn't do nothing. It was like I was staring into space. And for some reason, along the way, and I, I speak on this candidly, somewhere along the way, it caused like schizophrenic tendencies in me, where I would pull hair out of my arm and make myself bleed, etc. I mean, just for no reason at all. I don't know why, but it did. It caused something in me. I mean, and, for, I, and,
0: right. I, and, I, and I believe in that because my son was like that. I fought for years. My, my uh, ex tried to get my son to get on ADH medicine and all because the teacher said he had to have it. And I I fought it for years, for years to say, no, 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 no. We'll figure this thing out another way. Because that's when I was, you know, I've been on a, if you, I guess the best terminology is the spiritual path, you know, to figure things out spiritually, not so much through God or Jesus, but just. Spiritually, emotionally figure out your own bullshit. So I fought for years tonight, but finally I had to give in through a court order. And I'm like, and I it, it broke my heart because I'm like, I lost. I felt like I lost that war. So they put my son right. on the EH medicine, and you damn right. He went from something that, that I knew to a fucking zombie, and it pissed me off. It broke my fucking heart that I, I let that happen. And it, I and I told him, I told a- him, I said, I said, if you ever not want to take your fucking pills. You got my support. I said, but if they make you, you need to let me know because that's when the battle will start again. So they never forced him, but it well, was always the you have to take your medicine because you'll end up doing this. But when he was on medicine, he would do other things, and I'm like, y'all see the problem, right? Y'all see the problem, Brad, so, Here's yeah. the right? Right. and I
1: can I can uh, empathize with you, Rev, on that because like um, as I said, you know, I don't know if I told you this before. But I've taken Celexa, Ritalin. I, I mean, have I've taken, you know, Adderall. Right, and right. you know, you're right. It did make me feel like a zombie. And then for my best buddy JD over here, I had to witness him going into like a deep manic
2: depression because some of the depression pills don't cause him to just start crying right, and right, just right, going right, and haywire. Right. Saw it. He saw it. He was right there with me to console me during those yeah. times. Yeah, it's bad. But listen to this, as a child, as a child, it got to the point where the ADHD medicine wasn't working for me no more. So they sent me to a psychiatrist because I was a hyper kid. And there's VHS tapes of me acting up in class, doing this and that and the other. Right. So I saw it for myself as me as a kid, my five-year-old self versus my 38-year-old self now. Right. And I've seen all this and that medicine. You know, they put me on this medicine because teachers would send me home for the littlest of things. Like, look, I sit down. We were doing a horse club thing. And because I had to be a part of it, I sit down by this teacher that was, I'm going to go ahead and name her. She was Kena Hicks. And she put me in detention just for sitting by her because I was a hyper kid. Legit. But later on, like I said, wow. as a child, it regressed so bad. You know, they sent me to the psychiatrist up in Lexington. And this doctor actually put me on blood pressure patches, just to you know. He said, "Oh, it'll calm him down." Yeah, it calmed me down, all right. It made the, you know the thing worse. But as I got later on, I found out I had high blood pressure, and so it's like I don't know if it was maybe because of him put me on the blood pressure patches as a young child or what. But a lot of the stuff didn't come on till like later on in life as a recourse to, you know medicine I had to take and
0: things. Right. And that's one thing I see Uh, a lot of I see a lot of failure with the medical community is is like the mental doctors and the physical doctors really don't communicate on those topics. And that's something I I think that a lot of the things can be triggered um, in our bodies, you know, from chemical dependency or something that actually happened within our body, like, you know, high blood pressure, um, some diabetes themselves, um, muscular, muscular. Failures, you know, anything that can be related to the body defects can trigger mental um, deficiency. But I don't think a lot of these mental doctors and physical doctors actually compare notes to figure out that, wait a minute, maybe he's not totally, you know, crazy, but he's having body problems. So, I mean, but I, but like I said, that's for them to figure out though.
1: Right now, now, what I was, was going to say was it's a lot of you know, psychiatrists, or people who go out and get these psychiatrists or psychology degrees, or get these, little, you know, whatever degrees the these may be, to get to get into these fields, and turn out to be a lot of, turn out to be a bunch of quacks.
0: You know, well, I, and well, they go with now. See, I, I think they go with what they, um, they are, they're being, they're being taught themselves of what the new breakthrough medicine is what the new breakthrough therapy is what the breakthrough technology is for medicine i think that's what they they try to figure out these new things and i'm like but there's some old school shit that actually works and they forgot about those olive oil does great things apple cider vinegar does great things turmeric does great things um what's that witch hazel does great things there's a lot of old school medicine out there that still has high probability for medicinal use and mental use but they don't work at it because that's all you know witch doctor shit that's all you know um witchcraft and you know blah 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 i'm like but they've been doing that shit i mean people used to rub mud on open wounds to heal themselves but you can't do that nowadays because that's that's wrong because that makes you a devil worshiper. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> get well, the they, fuck out of here! Well, mom told me that tobacco. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: They, it used for like, uh, well, used we, to be like we, people would put it on bee stings and it would take the bee sting away, or you right. know, whatever. They would, take,
0: they would actually take. They would actually take um, <laughs> Copenhagen right out of the can and put it on bee stings, ringworms, um, open infections, ant bites. I mean, yeah, because it pulls the sting out.
2: Like, if you've got a cold or something, a cough or whatever, and a lot of people, you know, still swear by this, but medical field will denounce it and this and that and the other. Whiskey and orange juice, a hot toddy, will break up your cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. The reason why you say they – but the reason why they denounce it is they can't make money from it. They can make money from cold medicines, flu medicines, vaccines. Um, um, medical equipment. they the make money world? from that no. they can't make money from getting right. a herb from the ground they can't make money from that they have to make the money from the no. chemical extract it and put it into no. a, a formula that's how they make their money
2: like I believe that marijuana's got some kind of medical purpose to it like, Well, I know it does I, I'm a
0: firm believer in that
2: I mean I don't have no problem with people doing it I don't do it personally but I don't have no problem with nobody doing it it's just
0: the fact that I think that there's more to it than just getting high off of it. Right. Think about, so, when, think about when cocaine was legal and it was like in everything. Right. Coca-Cola had cocaine in it. Morphine was in it. Um, if you look at all the medicines back in the old west days, morphine was a main ingredient in their fucking medicines. You know, loud, uh, What's the other one? Absinthe. I mean, there's just so many things that they they gave us, but it never cured anything. All it did was make you forget about it. That's all. It was. That's all. Oh, oxycontin yeah, is. Oxycontin does not cure your pain. Oxycontin makes you forget that you are in pain. That's all it does. It. So- all right. Let
1: me say this, right like, quick. All right. So I you heard of Sudafed, right? Huh? You heard of Sudafed, right? Yes, yes. 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 Oh. Okay. All right. So you talk about these. These. Um, well, I'm gonna call it a big farmer wanting to make money. Okay. So. Well, how do you feel, you know, about Big Pharma being sued for said medicines like Oxycontin and Sudafed all that? Because people used to use Sudafed to uh, make meth out of it.
0: They still do. They still do.
1: Well, they still do. And then um, also, um, um, Oxycontin and fentanyl, you know, how do you feel about Big Pharma being sued about that? Because of people getting sick behind that. Sick? They're dying
0: uh, from it. They're dying from it. They're not getting sick, they're yeah. dying from it. They're over. Yeah, and they don't give a fuck because they're still making money from it, you know. Um, I, I, I think that everybody should sue everybody nowadays, because that's like seems to be the trend. I, I think I need to sue somebody. I just don't know who I need to sue yet. But I think everybody should sue everybody. But I think big farmers take responsibility for creating such a um an epidemic of those overdoses because they were they were the main suppliers. But they were pushing, now, it, let me- it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Then they got them to now. Once you get on the streets, they they claim no fame to it. They're like, "Well, they ain't got nothing to do with us. We don't. We don't have control over it if, if people make it illegally or get it on the streets. It does because it came from your factories. It's like we talk right. about uh, uh, the idea of you. What, what's the uh, what's the phrase I'm looking here for? They don't make AK 47s and Uzis in the ghetto. You know. So the government – That's so Washington- high – Uh, No, they don't make them in the ghetto, but they get them in the ghetto. So the government washes their hands. Once the legal firearms leave their facilities and end up on the streets, they wash their hands like, well, that's not our problem anymore. Well, it is because you're all the ones who created those problems. Right. Just because you let it out of your control, you can't blame anybody else. You can't say that people in the ghettos and and, uh, poor communities manufacture firearms. They manufacture cocaine. No, they don't. They manufacture the product of cocaine, which is a crack. Cocaine comes from a plant. Come right. comes from another fucking country, which you help get over here. We don't grow cocoa leaves in, in, in America. We get it distributed from other countries. We don't grow poppies in America. We get it from other countries when it's already broke down into another compound. You know what I'm right. saying? But they wash their hands of it because they're like, well, that's not our fault. Well, it is. Cause you somehow let someone get control of those situations and let it loose upon the public and make money from it.
1: Right. Right. But they they, yeah, they so, don't
0: they take accountability for, you know, it, the drug epidemic in America right now is I'm not trying to plain point fingers, but I'm saying someone had to be held accountable and they won't do it. And I'm not going right. to blame them for it. I'm letting you know that it, it, it there is a source there is a source, and I guarantee you, it ain't none of my friends that did this shit.
1: Right now, now, I was gonna say, you know, the state of Kentucky got a pretty big settlement behind, you know, big pharma um, after they sued big pharma for the fentanyl for the fentanyl deaths and um among right. and a couple of other things. The state, of, um, our state, got a big settlement behind that.
0: I think Maryland has, did, did the same thing. If I'm not if I'm not yeah. mistaken, I think Maryland, I think Maryland, and I believe Baltimore, and I, I, a couple other um, states like they had um, some settlements um with the fentanyl and the um opioids and all that shit. But um the idea that the anybody that's in the top of the food chain, the big farm or whatever, are saying that oh this is not our fault, y'all need to take accountability because you damn yeah. right it's your fault. Because they push the yeah. drugs, they push the drugs on the smaller hospitals and communities saying, well, this is what people need to survive. This we need to get by. Oh, well, he, he broke his foot. He needs Oxycontins. Okay. He only needs oh, Oxy. Th- no, yeah, but I'm saying he might need a pain reliever for several, for like, you know, several weeks, whatever. But after that, that pain reliever should no longer be available to him. And that's, when right. they go, that's when they go on the streets and find it from the dealers and uh, back alleys and the other people and everything. Now, but how they're getting theirs, that's what they need to find out, you know? Right. Find out where they're getting their actual stuff from. You how know, is it getting on the out. streets? How is it getting on the street? There, there's a, that's, that's the drug war we got going on now. But to attack right. marijuana and say, no, no, this is deadly and it makes people go murdering, raping, and all of it, no, it's Cat Williams said it the best. Cat Williams said it the best. Marijuana does have side effects: hungry, happy, sleepy. Right. And the
1: only thing marijuana has been guilty of is making somebody want to break in their refrigerator and eat everything. Right.
0: Really? He, hey, he gonna wake up half an hour. He oh. gonna wake up half an hour later eat up all your shit. Right. <laughs>
2: hey, you come to my house and try to eat up all my crap and you being high, I'm gonna charge you for it.
0: Right. Five cents a pound. <laughs> Unless you went, what what state was it that is illegal to steal someone's baking grease? I don't know. <laughs> it was in North Carolina or somewhere? Well, oh, no, so, yeah. it's illegal to steal someone's baking grease? I'm <laughs> like, God damn. Gosh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Now, um, let's get back on um, pretty much the same talk we were talking about mental health and all that. Because the main thing yeah. that Rob brought up, when he sent me an article about that shooting of that mayoral candidate up there in Kentucky. And, um, yeah. I I read a lot of articles on this and um they say he was a bright, intelligent, uh, outgoing individual. He was smart, caring, compassionate, whole nine yards, but he had some mental problems. Um, he went missing for a right. while at one time. He um yep. did some other things. Yep, so the idea that you know he wouldn't took pot shots at this guy, and people say it's because um he, he was um Mentally upset about a lot of different things in the community and all that shit, so he don't deserve to be in jail. Now, okay, but still, I mean, just devil's advocate, he did pull a gun out and shoot somebody, so there should be reason Mm -hmm. to at least be arrested, evaluated, find out what the situation was, then, now the idea he got a bail because that's what they did. Legally, that's what they did is they took someone to jail for a crime, evaluated it, yep. and set a bail for it. Mm-hmm. Now, the one yep. thing that we talked about the other day is um, social media and the news outlets have been given credit to Black Lives Matter for bailing them out, which in part is true, but they need to tell the whole truth. It wasn't the organization that's under fire right now for the missing money. It was the it was chapter, local, grassroots it was local grassroots chapter that bought him out of jail. And they did it on their own dime because everybody remembers yep. organization did not give the money back to the grassroots chapters all to the United States. And the one in Louisville was one of the main ones because of Breonna Taylor. So. They right. did not receive money from the organization. They use their own money to get him out of jail. So that, that should be a kudos and be looked at as the grassroots chapter did that, not the organization. I want to turn this fire and scrutiny right now. The grassroots that, that also themselves were not given money from the organization. So these people, the local heroes, should be the ones that are giving credit for this. And that's one thing I, I want to okay. see the social media and the news media point out. It's the grassroots chapter that did this, not the organization, because mm-hmm. if you put up their BLM, you think automatically, oh, it's the whole thing. No, it's not the whole thing, because there's a there's an internal conflict going on right now with that whole thing. Like I said, the Michael Brown family, the George Ford family, Brandon Turner family, and several other families have filed a class action, all, class action lawsuit against the organization for that money they never received, because they used their family's names and their tragedy to make money, but never gave them money back. So there are still right. chapters out there that have the title Black Lives Matter, but it's the grassroots that, you know, put up their dime to get this man out of jail. Now, did he deserve right. to go to jail? I think so, because he committed a crime. Did he deserve to stay in jail? I don't know, because that's not been figured out yet. That has not been solved right. yet. And that's it, one thing I, I, I'm, I found funny is um, I pulled up this article from okay. your, your next woods. Yep, Courier, the Courier Journal, because mm-hmm. the kid, the kid actually worked for um the Cardinal Pay. He was a he was a college kid, so he was yeah. going to college. But um, so I put up this article from the from the Courier, and it's from Rashad Abdul Abdul Raham Rahman. Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, but Rashad, Rashad Abdul Rahman. Abdul, right, he is founder of the Racial Healing Project has has known Brown since he was in high school and said he's struggling to um, process his arrest. And I get that. Now, this is a quote from Rashad. Um, okay. I've seen very dangerous assertions being made about what the motives were. We just don't know. Everybody has a leadership opportunity here to really speak up and say we need to cool the rhetoric down and respect that we don't have all the facts. There's right. too much at stake not to be thoughtful and intentional here. Now, this can't, well, that's, that's a different, different quote. The um, Metro Councilman Anthony, um, how do you pronounce it? PG. Uh, P-G-, P-G- okay. PG. His quote was There's too much at stake not to be thoughtful and intentional here. People need to be careful about speculating on any motives until police finish their investigation. Now, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. The reason I brought that up is, and I know people are going to be like, hey, go this motherfucker again. Kyle Rittenhouse, when he committed his special crime, before yes. he even went to jail, before he, went, he was labeled racist, white supremacist, militia, whole nine yards. Before any incident, uh, information came out, any investigation, anything came out, he was already labeled. But now we got another news media, you know, and local people um, stating that we need to wait to find out all the information, find out all the investigation. And I totally agree with that. But that should go for everything that goes on. Like, Mm -hmm. like what Breonna Taylor, we all know that was a fucked up situation. That that lady did not deserve to die. She did not deserve to die whatsoever. But we had to wait to find out after everything came out to find out you know, the legal standpoints of everything going on. We understand, but from jump, it was already asserted. This was a racially motivated attack. This was da 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 I think that the statement like that should be made in all cases, no matter what it is. But then again, right. it's easy to make an assertion if you know someone's background, though. Now, this kid, from what I read... Doesn't have a background history of violence. Doesn't have um, um, involvement in gang activity. Doesn't have involvement in street activity. He was a you know a decent kid. Went to school. Got good grades. Right. Good community on I mean, the whole nine yards. Doesn't matter the color of his skin. So, for anybody to assert that this was a racially motivated crime is is working on speculation and ignorance. Is all it is. I think okay. So now hold on. But so so I'm thinking that. If we are, are going to come together as people themselves, as human beings, when we hear about someone committing a crime, we should wait it the facts first before we make our assumptions. Or, right. or we can make an opinion about it, but when the facts come out and be like, oh, I was wrong. You know, that, that I can accept someone going, Oh, I was wrong. I could accept anybody's opinion on any subject in the world. But if the facts right. come out and it proves something different, you'd be like, Oh well, fuck, I was wrong. Then you'd be like, Oh, I made a I made a mistake. You know, I I that's what I like to see out of people. I made a mistake. Accountability. Right. But
1: um now now you know there's a whole big trial going on now, right? For what? Okay, so all right, so let me, back to the Breonna Taylor thing, let me fill you in on this. All Joshua right. James um, appealed his job before the um, RCFOP, or the River City Fraternal Order of Police.
0: Okay, so was, the he, RC, was, he, was he one of the cops that was involved in the shooting?
1: Yep. Okay. So RCFOP pretty much unanimously said no. Right, and I agree. Okay. And then um, now, Brett Hankerson, the guy who, uh, the officer, who, the former officer who fired shots into the uh, into the apartment building, he's on trial, but not for her death, but uh, for crimes related to the shooting. Okay. So there's a trial going on with that as we
0: speak. Got gotcha. you. So yeah, I, I'm, like yeah. I say I, I I I don't have love for politics politicians, government, law enforcement, everything, but I have respect for what they got to do, you know, because right. I, I'm, I'm old now and I, I rely on these people to try to at least keep me safe. You know, I don't trust them, but I got to keep me. Like I said, I know growing up my my same story. I had two right. friends. I had two friends rob a pizza hut. They were running away, jumping over a fence. The cop shot one of my friends in the back. The other kid got charged with involuntary manslaughter yeah that's, yeah, kinda, that's messed up. yeah but that but see that's what i'm saying so i don't have you know uh oh you know police are the best people in the world i know they're fucked up i know the system's fucked right. up like i said <clears throat> i got a friend of mine like i said nikki nikki six he was set, tied up and set on fire and the police called her to suicide I'm wow. like, but he was tied to, you can, re, we got a hold of, we got to, cause you know, you can get a hold of documents and shit like that. We got a hold of the right. police report and the coroner report. And it stated he was restrained with rope and set on fire. Yeah, right. something ain't right. And like I said, he wasn't what he wasn't one of our gang members. He was just an associate. We knew him for growing up. He was a different kid. He did his own thing. He wasn't part right. of our crew, but we knew him and he was a good guy. He was one of them kids that, you know, that was going to be something in this world. You know, he had potential to do something in this world. But right. he was tied up and set on fire and the cops wrote it off as suicide. Now that that pisses a lot of us off. And it, st- it still does. Right. It's been, you know, going on 40 something years now. So it's still. And I, it's, hey, I can understand. that's definitely understandable. Cause like those cops would have been held
1: accountable if it came back to be otherwise, but they never were. So that's, that's messed
0: up. I had a friend of mine, Sam riding his bicycle down the road, another kid that wasn't part of our crew. But he lived in the neighborhood, just a good kid, went right. to school, you know, did the right thing in this world. He was shot but with a drive-by because they thought he was somebody else. Now, this was a black-on-black crime. But then again, it never got any newsplay. It never got any word on the street. All we knew is that a rival gang shot him because they thought he was somebody else, you know. Right. And h- how many times in this world have we seen that happen throughout America? Not, just the, not the rest of the world, just in yeah, America. Is- Right, million. there is so much crime from black on black crime, but yet we are still afraid to talk about it. Why? Why? See, that's the thing. That I ask that questions that goes in my head. Why are we afraid to talk about the black on black crime? We have no problem talking about white on black crime. We have zero problem talking about that. But what about the communities where we actually suffer as people when yeah. we, kill, and, we, kill, and, we kill, each, kill each other over? Like, like Rob, you said it. You said it the best over some shit that we don't even own. Right. We fight now, over, now. We fight over right. a street corner, we fight over a turf that we don't even fucking own. We die. Right. From something we don't even own. But yet with but people are afraid to talk about it though. No, I'm not saying everybody, but if, when you talk about it are like oh we can't talk about that. You know, why not? Right. That's something I think that okay. should be addressed. I mean in enlarged by everybody. We need to talk right, about right violence, human on human
1: crime. Let's talk about human right. on human crime. Go ahead. Now, now I was, was going to say was this. Um, the re- I'm going I'm to give a short answer to that. The reason why you got so many of us as black folks that are afraid to talk about black on black crime is because of the fact that you got some of us they might have direct connection to the person that did that and believe in the street code of silence, or it might not right, even have Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you that know that. I feel you now. But I'm talking about communities themselves because it affects communities. And I, I know, right. I know there's a lot of fear out there. You want to um, tell that, okay, I saw so-and-so shoot so-and-so because now you put yourself and your family in danger. You know, I, I, right. I, I understand that completely, but I'm saying, but in general, I mean, it's like no one wants to confront the, the reality that we are committing crimes against each other for no other reason than hatred. It's it's that right? because we're haters, you know. That's all it is. It ain't because it's a different color, it's a different species, a different race. It's because we're haters. They have something that we want, and we're gonna take it from them. You, you and, know
1: what I mean? that's, that's, yeah, you know. you're right about that. It goes like back to the Jordan shoe. How they, a lot of those people, a lot of people are well, still maybe dying today over the Jordan or now over the LeBron shoe.
0: You know, I I watched this pastor the other day on this video. and He's up there in Gary, Indiana, and he made a lot, lot of great sense. But the one thing I don't agree with with anybody in religion is to use the phrase Satan or the devil, because in my mind, in my mind and in my heart, all I think of is when you say the word Satan, devil, it's the human condition. Because there's no spiritual energy in, entity out there causing people to kill each other, to rob from each other, to harm each other, or to harm themselves. It's us doing it to each other and to ourselves. So I would, I would honestly like to see a pastor or a preacher or anybody that speaks on the word of God, the love of Jesus, the whole, ni- the whole nine yards, stop using the word Satan and devil and replace it with human condition. That would make a lot more sense to me because that's what I see in what they call reality. I see humans committing crimes of anger and hatred against other humans. And it's not being um, force fed by another entity. You know what I'm saying? I I, I would love to see them have that same energy of the love of God, the connection to Jesus Christ, the spiritual Holy Ghost and all that. But don't, Mm -hmm go in there and say it's because of Satan and the devil. Let everybody know the fact the truth is it's the humans that are doing these things, you know, not the right. devil, not the Satan. It's like that's like that's it's almost like a scapegoat, if you will. but I do understand, but if they would actually um um educate their flock, their followers, their um congregation, right. That the idea of Satan is the human condition, I, I would really appreciate that. I, I really cause this dude, I mean, he made a lot, I mean, a lot of sense. I love listening to him. I'm like, this reminds me of when I was a kid, and I'm like, remember Revan Ike? Ike was awesome. Ike was he, he right. would put it down to a motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I got a uh-huh. lot of my, you know, but I but anybody that speaks on the word of God and how their connection is to the spirit and all that. Stop using Satan as a scapegoat and point out to their congregation that it's the human condition and not some entity that's doing these things. Because that's what we need to focus on is the human on human violence, you know. Right. That's just my that's right. just my thinking. That's, that's just how I think. But again, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, you know, like like I said, I believe in a street code of silence on some things myself, you know, but also the same time same token. Um, if I wanted to, like, go ahead and legitimately turn legitimately somebody in, I would go ahead and be like, yeah, I saw that person do it, and, you know, just to get them turned in. You know what I mean? Right. If no, I I'm could, saying,
0: okay, like I, my normal day, if I go to the store and I see someone singing some dope, you know, passing some weed around, smoking a blood, or, you know, making a drug deal, I'm not going to go call the cops and guess what they're doing over here. No, no I'm not no, yeah, no, hey, I agree with you there. I'll but if, I, if I'm in a situation, i gonna give you a situation. If I'm in a situation where I'm in a building or a parking lot and three dudes roll up and shot somebody down, and I saw this, I'd be like, I can give you a description of what they looked like. I can tell you how tall they were, if they had scars, marks, tattoos, some identifying mac director. But I'm I'm not gonna call the police on the motherfuckers, but I'm like, yeah, some shit went down. I saw this dude had an earring and this dude had, you know, this kind of hairstyle, this tattoo, this scar. He was wearing this kind of shirt. I'm not gonna be one of people who go, Oh, that's a black person. No. No. Right. You gotta give description of what you saw. Don't give description of their skin tone. You gotta give a description of what it looked like. Oh, it was a white guy. Yeah, but what did he look like though? Well, he was white. Yeah, no, right. I'm chum. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I
2: had a neighbor next door to me that lived just like on the left side of my house, right? And uh, they didn't bother nobody. Yeah, they sold drugs out the neighborhood because you could tell, you know, traffic going in, traffic going out. Mm-hmm. That's how you mm-hmm. knew, right? Right. And uh, his sister come in there, and she was strung out on uh, some kind of—I guess it was Flacca, Flaca, or whatever you call it. Okay, I don't know street codes. Anyway, um, she was strung out on it, and she was messing with each one of the houses up in here. Nobody was saying nothing. Everybody was cool. Everybody was quiet. You know, not saying nothing. Everybody looked basically turned heads, looked the other way. It didn't bother them. Well, she was messing with it, and I—I uh, I heard her dad and uh, her get out in a pissing match in the middle of the yard and sit there and yell, her dad yelled out loud, said, would you stop messing with the neighbors? We got a good thing going on over here and you're ruining it for us. Stop it. Right. Because <laughs> nobody had said nothing. And I was treating them friendly. They would even come over and mow my yard from time to time just to keep my silence, you know, because I wouldn't say nothing because I was within earshot. But one right. of their drugs <laughs> going down over Go there well, said the other thing. One of their deals that was going down over there, dude turned around in my driveway as I was like putting some luggage in my car, getting ready to go to Tennessee.
0: Yeah.
2: Almost run me over in my own driveway. And that's when I spoke up. I went over there and I was like, look, dude. I said, one of you (laughs) customers, I straight up told him, I said, one of your customers about run me over in my own driveway. Not cool. He said, I understand. He's, you know, he backed off. He's like, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, it's fine. Worry about it. I said, you know me, I look the other way, I don't say nothing, I don't do nothing, I don't bother you, you don't bother me, we cool. But when your customer comes over and turns around, tries to run me over, not cool.
0: Yeah, I I, I was thinking about um, White Man Can't Jump. When um, (laughs) Snipes and his wife, their apartment got robbed. They live in an apartment complex, apartment got robbed. And he made the best statement, and ain't none of y'all saw nothing. None of y'all saw nothing, right? And they all send it mm-hmm. around. Nobody saw nothing. And that, that I understand the code of silence, but that community right there should have gotten together and like, we don't want crime in our neighborhood and our apartment complex, so we need to root these motherfuckers out. But again, that's what the problem we have nowadays: is we don't look out for each other until something you know affects us. Drastic happens. You, you something know, something happens. Happen. No, oh. happens to us. You know, we don't get involved. Right.
2: It's like my neighbor was cool about it. They didn't say nothing except for this old man up the street. And and, uh, Rob met him. His name was Gary. You met him. Remember, Rob? Yeah. Uh uh, He told me straight out. He said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. We driving down through the neighborhood filming these guys and calling the cops. He just straight up told me that out of his own, you know, on volition, out of his own mouth. Right. And he would help them out just to get more evidence and more information on them. That's just the kind of person he was. I ain't spoke to him in a couple of years because he was supposed to fix my lawnmower and never did come down here and fix it. But anyway, you know,
0: wow. things happen, right? All right. I hate, right. Uh, hate to break the bad news, everybody, but it, there's a chime in my ear right now. There's a That's buzz. True. But um, we, we did run out of time uh, about 10 minutes ago, but I, I let it run because – we get in our conversation and we have a really good conversation, and I'm glad people listen to us. I'm um, hoping y'all learn something from this, but let us know what y'all think about, you know, people in this world. Hang on a second. Oh, no, it's outside. There's a beep out, there's a buzzing outside. But there are people in this world that suffer from a lot of mental afflictions. And are we doing the right thing by them? Are they doing the right thing by themselves? You know, I mean, can we figure out a way to. I don't know, make things a little bit better for each other every day. Right, that, that's right. merit, my thing. But otherwise, we do good to get out of here. So I want you all to say goodnight to the folks, and we're going to ride. Night, y'all. All right.
1: Good night. Uh, you have a blessed night. Love y'all. Peace. Oh, we're back to that now. There it ah. is. There it is.